Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. And welcome back, everybody. I hope you had an amazing weekend. You all are in for a treat today. We have the amazing chef, cool person, just all-around amazing human. Molly Ye here. You've probably seen her show on Food Network, Girl Meets Farm, but she is here today, and we're talking all things food, content, relaxing, um, pasta, and soup. We get into a whole soup discussion, which you all will hear. <laughs> um, but if you like food, if you like cooking, if you just want to hang out, this is the episode for you. So grab a seat, grab a snack, grab a chair, and let's get into today's episode. Okay, Molly, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Um, before we get started, we always like to start with the question, what the term young influential means to you? Oh, um, um, I thought you said this wasn't a gotcha show. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Okay, um, young. Under 100. <laughs> influential. Um, <laughs> inspires other people. That works, yeah. Yeah. You're like, that's boring. No. <laughs> Dead. No, that works. You know, it's can be, there's no wrong answer. Like, some people have said it's young, influential, and then others have gone into, like, their Miss America speech. So, like, it's giving range. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I Straight to the point. I mean, inspired people, like, in any capacity, whether it's, you know, what you wear or how you talk or just your, I mean, you're influencing me right now with your positive energy. <laughs> I, you're, you're, you're being influential to me right now. You know, so, uh, there stop. it is. I'll take autographs after the show. 
Uh, but before we get into all the cool stuff you're up to now, take us back to childhood, Molly. When did you fall in love with like food and how did that kind of spark? I grew up in a house that was filled with delicious food, both from my mom, who is a great cook and a great baker and always was waking up before my sister and me to get fresh scones and fresh cinnamon rolls on the table. I thought that was a normal thing to wake up to on a weekend, to homemade cinnamon rolls. And uh, my my dad is like a human garbage disposal. <laughs> he eats everything, whether it was cheese that had been sitting in the back of the fridge that he scraped the mold off of. Like, that wasn't going to go to waste, so he ate it. He eats every single food under the sun unless it's goat cheese. And my sister is also really into food. She went to culinary school. So I was just surrounded by people who loved good food, loved cooking, loved baking, just had an appreciation for delicious things. And I always thought that was normal. (laughs) So I was pretty picky growing up. But like I, I, you know, stuck to mac and cheese, grilled cheese, anything with carbs and cheese. I was like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's still oh they're still my favorite foods. I was like, oh, I could go for some chicken tendies right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're making me hungry. Um, but yeah, no, I just uh, being around good food was always just like I, I thought it was normal. And did you like te- teaching yourself, or how did you make that next step? Um, my mom and I baked a lot and cooked a lot. Uh, I remember making lots of dumplings, lots of cakes. Um, Probably one of the clearest core memories that I have is going to the grocery store with her when I was little and wanting to get Oreos. And she said, don't be silly. We can make those from scratch. Wait, what? Yeah. So we went home. We made Oreos from scratch. And since then, that's been sort of like this overarching theme of my life, which is why buy them from the store when you can make them from scratch, because they're always so much better that way. Um, So cooking and baking was always seen as a very natural thing, a way of showing somebody that you care if anybody in our lives was going through, you know, a a particularly bad time or a happy time or, you know, having a big occasion. We were always cooking or baking for them. Um, And so when I got to college and I got my own apartment up on the Upper West Side, I felt like I needed to continue on cooking or baking, otherwise it wouldn't be home. And I remember making my first loaf of challah from scratch and just thinking like, okay, I'm just doing this because this is what you do. And this is what my mom did. And my roommate came home and she could not believe that I had made a loaf of bread from scratch. No, that's mind blowing. I'm processing as you're speaking that. I I mean, there are other things in this world like like gardening or sports or other parts of this world that that do not make sense to me at all. And I'm like, how do you even begin to wrap your head around putting a seed into the ground and, and growing it into a plant? And um, and I see other people, how, how it comes naturally to them. And I but I'm the opposite with food. With food, it's just it's it's in my blood. It's it's part of me. And so it comes naturally to me. But I, I can also see why for a lot of people, it, it, it can be an intimidating thing. Like, uh, do you not cook? I I do. So I'm a I cook and bake, uh-huh. but like, so you know, the, all the girlies during the pandemic were doing like the banana bread and the yeah. all like. So I skipped that. Mm-hmm. 
I did just a lot of baking. Because banana, wait, you skipped two banana bread or you skipped over banana bread? I skipped over. I didn't know Good. how to make Bananas the bread. Bananas are gross. I know how to make it from scratch. Like, I was like, how do you all make bread from scratch? Like, what is this witchcraft? It's really intimidating. And still there are things like sourdough, homemade sourdough by, you know, starting using a starter and, and all of that. Like, that I cannot wrap my head around. So, yeah, it does seem like witchcraft sometimes. Right. Oh, my gosh. But now that I know you make homemade challah bread, now I'm like, uh. Like, I'm inviting myself over. Like, I'm thinking of a menu, like, challah French toast. Like, I'm thinking of all the things now. The (laughs) things that you can do with challah bread and challah dough are, and I I fry challah dough into donuts. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, this morning I I pretzeled it. I wrapped it around a hot dog and and then dunked it in a pretzel bath. It's really fun. And just the smells. When you bake homemade challah. The smell that goes into your nose is one of the top three smells in the world. And then hot buttered challah, like hot challah right out of the oven with softened butter and salt is one of life's best simple pleasures. You just, I, I just have so many thoughts. I'm coming over. I'm inviting myself. Please. It's done. But now like moving forward, like how did you start getting like sharing your recipe and sharing like. Your love of cooking for others. Did you start like a YouTube channel or what was that next step? <laughs> I'm a little older than that. <laughs> You're only 25. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, I have kept diaries since the day I could write. I have Hello Kitty journals going back to when I was in like first grade. So I've always loved writing. And when do, – do you know what a blog is? I do. Okay. Do you remember like um, – Live journal? Wait. You remember yeah. live journal? <laughs> do people still have live journals? Is that a thing? I don't know. I feel like a lot of them are making a comeback. Like Tumblr and all of them are making a comeback. Tumblr is, really? That's like – That's what I heard. Um, Is it appropriate to call it like analog? <laughs> <laughs> are we yeah, – I feel like it's fine. It's fine. Um. Blogger was my platform. It was. Um, oh, I remember. Yeah. It, who owned it? Was it Google owned it? I don't know. Yeah, but I remember it. The orange little bee. Yeah. The orange little bee. Does yeah. that even still exist? I don't know. We I gotta, don't know. I got to do some research. Yeah, do some research. <laughs> um, go back into the archives of the internet and find this old thing called Blogger. So when I was in college, um, I had kept my diaries from first grade all the way up to college. And I just thought, man, this is kind of dumb that I'm writing down all of these things and no one's ever going to read it unless I, you know, bury it in my backyard and hope that aliens in the future find my dumb, boring diary entries interesting enough to read. And so I started a blogger and I thought this is kind of fun because now I can keep my diary but I can send it out to my family and it's this way of keeping in touch with family and friends when I, I was in New York and all my family was back in Chicago and um, and that became a really uh, fulfilling creative outlet for me and within months it became very clear that the only thing I wanted to blog about was food going out to restaurants in New York and then coming back to my apartment and cooking recipes and doing all of that. So that was when I first started to share recipes with people was when I started my blog. That's so cool. And so like, did you, cause I know like sometimes people do like, oh, I'm going to do like dessert. So I'm going to do it for like special holiday. Did you just like start doing it like on a like weekly basis or holiday basis or no, just like no. whenever? Um, 
I'm I'm really bad at sticking to a schedule like that. I just did it. There were some weeks where I would do a blog post every day. And this was kind of at the time, there were certain types of blog posts that you could get away with. I feel like these days, if you're going to write a blog post, it's a really long article. And I don't know, you, you, you hunker down and, and you read a long thing. Whereas back in the day, you it, if you had a picture and a few lines to write about your day, that could be a blog post. This was really before Instagram. These days, if you just want to post a picture or two, you put it on Instagram. But, but back in my day... <laughs> A lot of my blog posts were just, hey, this is this thing that I made, and this is a rough guide to how to make it if you want to recreate these cupcakes. Um, whereas now, you know, all that is on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, on both. You know, <laughs> they're all, there's there's too many platforms listed. There's Be Real, Be Fake, Be I. Wait, is, I, is Be Fake I know, I'm real? just throwing out oh. <laughs> Because I've heard of Be Real. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to get into that. It sounds fun. Uh, My little sister does stressful. that. It's I, stressful. I just got one a few weeks ago. And right, because you just have to drop everything and take a picture. Yeah, and so it's what like, happens if it goes off right now? So, like, I mean, I've been ignoring it for the last five days. It'll be like... Oh, so you're a bad Be Realer. Yeah, I haven't been paying attention to it. I'm just like... It, they're going to kick you off. Yeah, I might get off the platform. You're going to get unfollowed. So, yeah. Or do you follow people on... So it's like you add, you can add people, but you can only have like a certain amount of people. It's not like a platform. It's not like an Instagram where you can have like. You're not trying to become yeah, an influencer. It's like just for like your circle. So it's like. That's good. It's kind of like, I'm like, I could just WhatsApp everybody, but that might be controversial of an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or like just like, call them? Or text. I don't know. Text? It's like, can I just. Wait, is WhatsApp taking over? Um, instant mess messaging, uh, text messaging. Do people not text message? Well, I like, I do a lot of WhatsApp. <laughs> I do both. Why do you do WhatsApp? Because I have some friends who like don't live in the states, so it's easier to like. You're so fancy. What's you know, <laughs> just WhatsApp them versus like. So is that kind of like a status symbol? Like, like if you're saying, "Oh, I'm gonna WhatsApp this person," you're basically saying, "I'm talking to my friend from another country." You know, I never thought of it like that. You might, be onto something, you, know, you might be onto something. You might be onto something. It's a very subtle humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm talking to my friends in um, Iceland. <laughs> I only watch yeah. I only hang out with people in Iceland. <laughs> Shout out to Iceland. <laughs> What's up? Oh my gosh. But speaking of moving in other places, you moved from Brooklyn to a farm. I can't wrap my head around that. How, why, <laughs> like, how did that come about? Um, my husband. <laughs> That's the simple reason. Uh, he is from the farm where we live. It's a fifth generation sugar beet farm. We met in college. And we didn't start dating until a few years after we graduated. But when we started dating, we quickly realized, like, we're meant to get married. <laughs> and we also quickly realized that we are very strong homebodies. We were staying in every weekend and just watching Netflix and ordering pizza. And if you live in New York City, you're not paying New York City rent to stay 
in on the True. weekends and order pizza because we weren't even ordering good pizza. We were ordering like Domino's pizza. <laughs> 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 and so after a few months of this, we looked at each other and we were like, I think we should move closer to our families. Because my family is still in Chicago and his family is, of course, right around the farm. And we were looking at places in the Midwest to move and I, we toyed with Chicago. And then he said, you know, my family has this farm and I've always loved the idea of living on a farm. Always. I've always had this vision in my head of, I don't know, this little old farmhouse with a fire going in the fireplace and people who wear overalls every single day <laughs> and roosters and waking up with the sun. And um, it's just, it's always been so romantic to me. And when he said, I have this farm, I was like, yeah. You're like, Why are I'm there right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my way. Uh-huh. And he said, he said, he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just like go out and visit first, see what it's like, and then we'll decide. So I think in June we went out to visit and I took a drive to the grocery store. You know how in New York when you go to the grocery store you have to – like carry all your bags and kind of like elbow through the aisles uh, and get on the subway with it. Yeah. <laughs> I took a drive to the grocery store in his mom's minivan. It was about two minutes away, no traffic. I got out of the car. I took a cart through these big open aisles with nobody else in them. And I put a sack of flour in the cart and I put all these things in the cart and I didn't have to think about having to carry everything. I loaded it all into the trunk. I drove it home, and I had expended the least amount of energy ever buying groceries in my life. <laughs> that sounds what you just described sounds like a Hallmark movie that sounds so peaceful. And I'm on my way. <laughs> it's living there, especially when it's snowy, which it's very snowy a lot. It's a Hallmark movie, so we did that. I, I we, we we visited in June, and then in July, we actually moved out there we came back here got all of our stuff and then actually drove back out there so that was 10 years ago now oh my gosh that's yeah. so like fast forwarding how did girl meets farm come about like how did that so when i moved out there i had no friends i was expecting to become friends with nick's old friends that i assumed he had kept in touch with the guy doesn't have any friends either. <laughs> so I had nothing going on. I had a, 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 a few shifts per week at the town bakery, which I love, but it was an overnight shift. And when you're working overnights, it's really hard to make friends. So I had nothing going on other than working a little bit at the bakery. Nick was harvesting, so I actually didn't see him for a while when we first moved out there. So I just threw myself into my blog and... What at that time was just a personal diary, mostly about food, but it wasn't like it was generating any income or anything. Um, I worked on it for, you know, just nonstop for months um, when I first moved there. And I worked on my photography. I worked on the social media aspect and networking on on Pinterest. And I started my Instagram then. Um, And... I started doing some blog posts for other brands and and generating some income off of the blog. And then I guess about six months after I moved there, I was contacted by my now literary agent 
Jonah, who said, hey, like, do you want to write a book? And I thought, uh, let me think about it. <laughs> I kind of just moved here. I was still getting my bearings straight. Also, I I need to figure out how to write a book first. Um, and I took a breath. I worked on my blog. I continued to work on recipes and photography and all of that. And then um, a few months later, I called him back up and I said, all right, let's do this. So I wrote Molly on the Range. That came out in 2016. And when we were in New York for the book launch, we met with Food Network. There were a couple um, of folks over at the network that just wanted to meet, I think, after seeing the book. And I thought, great. So we just hung out. <laughs> we didn't really, you know, come to any conclusions in the meeting. But I, I remember really liking them. And we, t- we um, spoke about Back to the Future, which is... That's so specific. I know. Well, like... That is my all-time favorite Aww. movie trilogy. Oh, um, and so the fact, I don't know, it just brought good energy into the room that <laughs> somehow randomly Back to the Future came up. But we, I, like, I, I don't, other than that, I don't really remember what we spoke about. But we just kind of got to know each other. And then a few months later, uh, they sent out a production company to my house. And they said, we just want to see you cooking for a little bit. Like, you know, make us some food that you would cook in your house on a normal basis. <laughs> so I made a casserole. Um, I made this thing called a cookie salad, which is a super Midwestern salad with no vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we just had a great time. And I loved this production company. They were from LA. And then um, after that, a few months later, they called me up and they said, okay, we, we think we'd like to make a pilot. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so let's make a pilot. So, yeah. So a few months later, they came out and, and we made a pilot. And then uh, then was the most nerve-wracking part because um, I was waiting to hear whether they were going to air the pilot and then order a full season or not, or if they were going to order a season and then air the, all of it at once. Um, so a few months later... I got another phone call and they said, all right, like, we're going to make some more episodes. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. You're like, all right, see you soon. See you soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was 14 seasons ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, how do you how do you balance that? I feel like that's so time-consuming trying to do that. And then also it's draining because you're constantly filming. So, like, how do you kind of balance, like, that? And then, like, also, like, getting that personal rest time. Are they, like, yeah. is it, like, certain months they're filming or? Uh, yeah, we film... Um, for a few weeks at a time. And then I get time in between. And I've always been really good about balance and setting my boundaries and getting enough sleep, or at least trying to. <laughs> Ricky and I were just talking about it. <laughs> She said, get your phone out of the bedroom, you'll get better sleep. <laughs> um, so I, it, it, I, I'm, I feel like also being out on the farm is very energizing and very peaceful and... Um, it's 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 relaxing and energizing in the same way because okay going back to that dumb grocery store <laughs> story <laughs> little things in my town where I live are just so the the, the quality of life there is is just wonderful and it energizes me I think to some people or even to myself in a different stage of life I would have moved there and I might have been bored because you know there aren't very many 
that obviously there aren't as many restaurants there as there are in New York. There aren't the big parties. There aren't the museums or whatnot. Um, but for me, I found it so energizing because I could focus on my blog and I could focus on family and I could focus on um, having a good work-life balance. And, um, and, and so I think living there really keeps me balanced and, and sane. And and, ha- and and it keeps me having the energy to, to channel everything into the show when we're filming. And then when we're not, I can take a breath and relax. Because oh I'm like thinking of it and I'm just like, whenever I hear people like, yeah, I'm doing this and doing that. It's like, it seems like a lot, especially when you're like doing the production and you're filming. It's like you're putting so much of yourself into that. So it's like really yeah. important to like find those moments where it's like, okay, how can I like when we're not doing this, take a step back and like rejuvenate. You can't go 100%, 100% of the time. You can only go 100%, I don't know, for me it's like 10% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> As I get older, that percentage dips down. It used to be when, when I lived here. I mean, you're young enough. You can go 100%, 100% of the time. But I think, you know, for me, I just hit a point where I was like, this isn't me anymore. I can't do it. I need to have any time going to the grocery store so that I can put 100% of myself into filming and work. And like when you're deciding on themes and stuff, how much like how involved do they let you with the creative process? Like do you get to pick like, oh, we're going to do spooky cookies for yeah. Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is my favorite part. This is the best. My 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 favorite part of the process is that like choosing the spooky cookies or like choosing to do the mummy dogs for Halloween. So like they um Food Network has themes. So if if we're filming um, in the spring, we know, okay, so these episodes will air in the fall and winter. So you have these holidays during that time. Um, like there sometimes are like different little stunts that they really like to do, like cooking with kids or quick and easy, things like that. And so, you know, half the episodes that we do for a season have this assigned theme. And they're they're very broad, loose themes that you can, you know, if it's the Valentine's Day episode, one of the recipes should have chocolate, obviously. <laughs> so it's it's things like that. And then from there, I keep a notepad on my phone of all the recipes that I would love to make. And then we kind of plug them into the different episodes. And then t- talk about it with Jenny, who um, is my director, and... We just talk about what we want to make and what would be really fun, what would look good, what, you know, hasn't been done a lot on TV, um, how we can put a special Midwestern spin or a Chinese spin or a Jewish spin on different recipes and, and you know, find ways of, of, of having these recipes reflect my story and my surroundings um, and, and be really delicious at the same time. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. And, like, when you said that, you made me think of, like, oh, I'm sure, like, the social and the promo around it is probably, like, crazy. Do they, do you feel like you feel obligated to, like, do a lot of, like, the social posting and stuff when it comes, like, to promo time? Or do they kind of let them, like, take the reins of that? Well, I have a lot of fun with it. I mean, because I um, will work on my Instagram. I'm not on TikTok yet. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. But so so I do this thing called Instagram. <laughs> and um I love it because I love taking photos. I've always loved food photography. Um it was the thing that I loved when I started really going at it with my blog. Um and so still, you know, after we cook a dish, I'll take the finished dish into another part of the house with better lighting and I'll take my cell phone pictures and then I'll save them and then um, and then each week I have time in my calendar to write about the that weekend's upcoming episode and so that's almost you know I don't really keep the blog anymore but that's almost one of my nice little weekly times to kind of reflect and and think about when I'm going to be cooking on TV that weekend and have a lot of fun with those photos. I love that because I feel like a lot of times like people are like, oh, yeah, it's like promo time. I have to do this. Or I have to do that. And they feel kind of like they have to be on TikTok. They have to be on Pinterest. They have to be where instead of like doing what makes the most sense to them. Because I feel like a lot of times yeah. whenever you're as an audience, whether you're cooking or creating whatever, like your audience and people can tell like, do they want to do this? Or are they 100%. just like doing it for whatever? I – that is – Yes, I <laughs> I believe in that. And I I mean there's so much content out there. You shouldn't be making content unless you really feel like you want to be making that content. Don't do it because you feel like you should or like it's the cool thing to do. Do it because you love it because you don't want to take up space even though it's not taking up physical space. You're still taking up space in people's feed and people's mind and, and, and energy, and like don't don't do that unless you really are excited about it. Yeah, because I can't stand when you see people who they're like, 
say it's like um, a chef or a baker, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm promoting the new goat milk on the go. And it's like, aren't you allergic to goat milk? <laughs> Why? Like, oh, it's giving, you just want a bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you don't I need to return this. Yeah. I would like a refund for this time. <laughs> I totally get that. You could tell when someone's being inauthentic, when they're not enjoying it. And we don't need that. Yeah, it's like, don't do, especially like when it comes to like the partnership aspect, where it's like, mm-hmm. don't just do brand alignment stuff just to, oh, well, that's what everybody expects me that, well, that's what they want. It's like, if you're generally not in it or, have any ties to that brain, people are going to be able to tell, like, yes, mm, mm-hmm. I don't think this is genuine. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it is such a big world out there of, of, of partnerships and brand collaborations and everything. And it, you know, like, it can be hard to find that you you could you could love a brand. You could wear it every day. You could be so obsessed with it. But but then there's the element of a specific campaign. What is the brand messaging? What is your messaging? How do you make it natural? That's a challenge. But when you're really behind it and when a brand, you know, really kind of like puts that trust into you, I think that that makes a really magical partnership. You can like see that synergy where it's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yes. They like she loves sugar cookies. Like, of course she would work with sugar cookie and <laughs> or, co. Or like Michael Buble doing bubbly. <sighs> Obviously. It just had to happen. Yeah. It couldn't not happen. It had to happen. It had to be done. (laughs) But speaking of people and stuff, like, do you do any, like, in-person type stuff to, like, connect with, like, people and things um, in person as well as, like, online? Yeah. Well, so um, I have my book tours. Like, I did a – this time last year I was doing a book tour, and that was just so much fun. It was the perfect time of year to be traveling. This is my favorite time of year. Uh, and so, yes, <laughs> live for it. So um, I did some signings then, and um, and I opened up a restaurant this time last year, too. Oh, what? Bernie's, and that is in my town. And so I love to go there and, and meet people coming in from – people come in from all over, and it's just – so awesome to to meet people in real life and to and to also see them eating my food in real life because until then if people wanted to try my recipes they would have to cook them themselves and then you know maybe I would see their posts on Instagram of people you know making my recipes but now I can for better and for worse <laughs> watch them eat them in real time <laughs> cuz that's like one thing a lot of times like people are like oh like I know her because I see someone on TV every week or I see them on my feed every week. But it's like it brings that real connection when it's like you can do things in person to really connect and have moments like that where it's like, oh, this is how these yeah. s'mores should taste. Right. Like, they shouldn't have salt in this. <laughs> exactly. Yes. This is the proper amount of salt for your salads, people. <laughs> this is this is what salt to taste should taste like. No, no but I mean, you know, now especially after how many years were we yeah. kind of isolated now it's even more special to like do and do you have like do you have any other like favorite fall things and stuff that you like to do this time now that we're talking about us um i'm in the market for a really good crock pot ooh we're just, we're just talking <laughs> about this um i need a crock pot that sears and that is small and cute 
Have you seen those anything? portable ones? Yes. Uh, those are yeah, really yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need something a little bit bigger, though, because yeah. I need a full meal for me and my family. <laughs> but those, do you have a portable one? No, I saw I like saw a YouTuber talk about it, and I was like, I've never seen that in the wild. So, like, what do you do? You bring it to work, you plug it in, and yeah. it just cooks on your desk? Yeah, like that. Like somebody was like, oh, yeah, I usually will make like a tomato bisque or something on my desk. And okay. I'm like, you look kind of, I'm like, you look kind of odd, just like, Baking a soup at your desk. <laughs> Baking a soup. <laughs> Souping a soup. I don't know Am I gonna get canceled? Milking a soup. <laughs> I'm like souping a soup. Like I don't know the right word. Oh Reheat, whatever the word is. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> uh, filleting a soup. <laughs> Searing a soup. <laughs> But like, okay. I'll see people like they'll be like, "Oh yeah, like if you want to take a soup on the, it, just looks odd." Where it's like hooking up your crock pot next to your uh, desk heater. Would that be considered? <laughs> I've never used this term. Um, actually, would cottage core be this? I feel like yes. It's giving cardigan, mm-hmm. and, like crochet. Yeah. Um, like, but it's at your desk. But yeah. you're still like making, you're still, you're still yeah. baking soup at your desk. <laughs> no, like I've now I want one. Like, I think mm-hmm. I, we need to go back to like I think Amazon or somebody would have it. Amazon has everything. Like, just drop a yeah. code. Yeah, yeah. But I want one of those, and then the um, also the like home good girlies use the like uh, it's like the portable like juicers. The blenders? Yeah, the blenders. Like, <gasps> yes. I have I, a friend that has one on her keychain. And it's huh? like it's like maybe yay high. How how does and that fit on a keychain? I she's real dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like she's like, oh, when I'm on the go, I just put in like she'll put the mix and stuff in there and uh-huh. then like sits it on the dashboard and it bl- and like blend it before she goes in the gym. When you say it's like, keychain, I'm envisioning a wellness shot size <laughs> blender. No, it's like, but it's it's it's, it's like, smoothie size. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And it's like battery power. I think she said she charges it. You charge like, it. No, yeah. I, I have I have a Lisa Frank branded one. Talking about good collaborations. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's I haven't my... used it yet because I have a Vitamix. So like, it's fine. <laughs> but like that's on my list. And then I have a mini donut thingy that I got. Like where you can make the mini donuts. It's like it looks like the um. It looks like a mini George Foreman grill, but it's, like, yep, yep, for mini mm-hmm, donuts. Mm-hmm. Like, I have one of those. Yeah. No, my like, little sister had one of those when she was 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what you need? Um, this is the fa- my, my favorite thing that I've bought for the kitchen in recent years. Muji makes a three-cup rice cooker that is half the size of a shoebox. And so it takes up no space on your counter, and it makes really good rice, and I eat more rice bowls because of it now. Rice cookers change the future. Yes. <laughs> They're incredible. And, like, yeah, because you just don't have to think about it. You just... You don't have to turn the temperature down on the stove or anything. But it also looks cute, though. It's it's curvy. Ooh. Yeah. Also, like... recommendation of the day. The mobile... Not mobile grills. Like, the... Like, the small, gr- like the small griddles or grills, they're oh. like barbecues. They're I've like been little old school round ones. Yeah, that you tailgate with. Yeah, I've been oh. seeing those recirculating again. Oh, so those are old school. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that's cool. They're coming back. Yeah, that's not. I'm not a barbecuer, but Don't, yeah, neither am I. Don't you need charcoal for those? 
I don't know. Nobody's posted about if you need it. But I'm just. Did you get your information? <laughs> well, if somebody posted to my feed, then it must be real. I will, like, because I watch a lot of, like, YouTubers who will post, like, oh, these are your must haves. Like, one of them that I saw recently was the, like, iced coffee jars. They're, like, the mason jars for iced coffee. So a jar? Yeah. <laughs> You know the best way to peel a banana? <laughs> oh, but it's like, it's like it has a glass straw and it has like a cork top on it. Okay. Um, But it's like for like iced coffees and drinks on the go. I don't really know where I was going with that. <laughs> Just putting it up there. Is it like the portable Brita filters? Do do, you, do they still do those? Oh, oh my gosh. Water bottles with still, a Brita filter? I don't it? know. I feel like ever since Stanley and Yeti came into the equation, people... Brita has just people been booted out. People don't care about clean water. They're like, <laughs> give me that water. Give me the dirt. fluoride. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Stanley and Brita should. Yeah, or combine. Yeti. But yeah. who's the new it water bottle now? Is it Stanley or is it Yeti? And I heard there's like a third one. Because I was talking about it, and this girl's like, no, we don't do Yeti or Stanley anymore. It's all about, uh, I don't remember the name. Uh, <coughs> it's thermos, like. Um, Camelback. Because Camelback had it. Camelback had a long run. Yeah. Well, they're still great for what they do <laughs> for hiking. I love how we're canceling water Yeah, let's, let's talk about Everybody water stay bottles. Hydrated. I love water bottles. Water bottles are awesome. Do you have a. I have, this, is, this is what I carry what around when I'm in the big city. Is this one? Oh, that's so chic. That W and P. This is a great brand. It's um, insulated, Ooh. and it has a little handle, so I could do my ice water, or I could also do my tea. I feel like you could also put like a soup in there if it's insulated. You could, yep, yep, yeah. You <laughs> like could, you, you know, could have a soup. tomato bisque on the go mm-hmm. or a potato. I love a good potato soup, baked <sighs> potato soup. Okay, so where I live, there is this regional soup called Nefla, which is a potato and dumpling soup. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. The, so the only downside about it is so okay so there are these little chewy dumplings in it but there's also potatoes in it and so sometimes when you get a big spoonful you think you're gonna get a big spoonful of dumplings but then you get a big spoonful of potatoes because they look similar mm. that's the only annoying part about nuffle soup is. but it's really good oh, that sounds you so should good. try it yeah as a if you're a potato soup person. I love I feel yeah it's like the chicken and wild rice had its run <laughs> but like so good. I'm just like, I love a good, like, baked potato soup. And I feel like, I'm one of those where it's like, I don't like baked potatoes, but I will eat a baked potato soup. I don't mm-hmm. like corn in a bowl, but I will eat corn on the cob. I hear you. It's well, very, it's it's yeah. sort of like how, for the longest time, I didn't like olives. But, of course, olive oil oh, yeah. is great. Now I like olives. type of that thing, yeah. yeah. Um, do you, <laughs> pivot, a hard pivot. Um, <laughs> what do you have any like fun things that you're looking forward to for the holidays or like chilling out or like hanging any out with fun... my kids oh that's fun yeah taking them to the library oh. taking them to dance class oh, I love making that. soup baking soup for them. <laughs> <laughs> what's the proper word is it cooking soup baking soup soup like Co- what's what's proper cooking word soup. cooking well, so, soup when you said sear, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you sear ingredients before adding them to the soup, but then you cook it, I mean, you simmer it, mm-hmm. you boil it. Because I, I feel like there's you a... You simmer it. You right, cook it. Because I'm now like 
questioning everything. I'm like, is it souping a soup? Is it? <laughs> and like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, I know have que- I'm questioning everything. Now. I'm like envisioning a, a, a like a person made out of soup who is souping. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like, da- that, is that a TikTok dance? Let me like, it dance? should be because I'm thinking it's like when you're in a jacuzzi, are you souping? You're souping. Like, are you you're simmering. <laughs> you're simmering. that that works. Maybe that's a little morbid because you don't want to get. Simmered. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, not simmer. So, um, steaming? Ste- what you that? know what steam is like, soup. I'll circle back on that. Okay. <laughs> I'll figure out what that is. Why don't I just say cooking? He's like, well, cooking is soup. Yeah. But to wrap us up, like, for everybody who's listening, it's like, oh, Molly, you're so cool. <laughs> I love how you cook and blah, blah, blah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but what advice would you have for someone who's like, Oh, I want to, like, cook more. I want to learn and I want to do this. Like, what advice would you have for them who are wanting to, like, branch out? Like, I want to learn specifically how to make tiki masala. I'm trying to branch out. (gasps) So So what advice do you have for, like, us who are trying to, like, branch out in the cooking realm? Start with one recipe. Start with one thing you want to cook. Start, like, you know, Google tiki masala or, you know, find a reputable source. Find a friend who knows how to make it. Um... You know, I really love, like, the NYT cooking app. That's, oh, that's so good. Yeah, all of those recipes are really reliable. But start with one recipe and get to know that recipe. Because when you cook a recipe, you're not just cooking for that one specific end product. When you're cooking a tikka masala, you are learning your knife skills when you're cutting the vegetables. You are learning how to soften the vegetables in the pan, how to season it. You're learning at what point the meat goes in, at what point the sauce ingredients go in, um, and, and, and all of that process. And a lot of those techniques can be applied to other recipes. So once you chop up an onion and you know how to chop an onion and you know how to soften it in a stove, that's or in a skillet, that's the first step to tons of soups. That's the first step to chana masala. That's the first step to like so many other recipes. And you've now done that before. So then you can go to one more recipe. And then You'll probably see that if you're cooking something that's similar to tikka masala, you'll probably see like, okay, I've done this before, um, and now this is just a variation on that, and, and I'm more comfortable, and and um, you just kind of learn your way around the kitchen by doing, which is important. You just kind of had to do it, and hopefully it's edible. Because <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I'm like, hmm... I'm going to need some, like, people to test it on. <laughs> I mean, if it tastes good to you, that's what matters. You know? <laughs> what? Call me. <laughs> yeah. So I'll call Ricky and, you know, I'll just, like, cook and, you know, just make, like, a big bowl of it. Yeah. And then we'll come over for holiday donuts. Come over for holiday donuts. Come over to go grocery you know, shopping. All the above. <laughs> all <laughs> come the over above. to make a soup. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But Molly, thank you so much thank for today you. being here. This was just, like, the shot of caffeine that I needed this afternoon. This uh, was so fun. God bless. Thank you. <laughs> wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials. 
part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections. Marketers and advertisers, brands big and small. You've been after a special someone for a while now. You think they're into you. I mean, you share the same interests, both passionate about the same stuff. Why wouldn't they be? Wait. There's a moment of silence. It's finally just you two alone. They're waiting. Go on, shoot your shot. You've got a voice. Use it now. Hearts are racing. Breathing becomes heavier. This is your chance to win them over. So what are you going to say? Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.